Welcome back to the Possibility Department, the space for constantly curious seekers where personal growth meets metaphysics and occultism. If you're willing to entertain the possibility of anything and everything when it comes to the nature of reality, then this is the place for you. My name is Luciana and I'll be your host as we theorize about both spiritual and psychological templates to aid in constructing and crystallizing our ideal life experiences. We'll be engaging in methods of mysticism, myth, philosophy, and psychology, all while hopefully fanning the flames of your very own personal creative renaissance. We're here to create our lives, not just live them. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Possibility Department Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It is February. I'm excited. Uh, If you listened to the last episode, you know that I've spent a lot of my time sort of visioning for the new year, and I'm starting to feel the sprouts of action, and I'm excited about it. Mercury retrograde just ended. (laughs) I'm excited for what's to come, and I hope you are too. Thank you for the response on the last episode. I really always enjoy hearing from you guys, so please feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram or email me or message me on Discord if you're a patron, come chat with me over there, Um, because I love hearing your response and that really helps to fuel future content and how it's made. Um, And as well as, you know, I always appreciate it when you guys leave me a review. So if you haven't done that, I would humbly ask that you do because that really, really helps me. Um, And on that note, can't go any further without thanking my sponsor-level patrons on Patreon and our community, so thank you so much, Hannah, Sydney, Amy, Susie, Mariella, Erica, Brittany, Tara, Myriad, Noel, and Sarah. Thank you so much for supporting me on the higher tiers of Patreon, and if you have not yet checked that out, please check it out. At the $5 level, you get access to our Discord so you can come chat with me and everyone else there. It's a super supportive community where we get together and talk about all of the metaphysical questions of life and all the weird stuff. (laughs) And then also it's a weekly content stream. So if you enjoy my podcast and my content here, picture an entire library of content like this that is bigger and deeper and juicier and more personal and more vulnerable and has practical tips and applications and workshops and meditations. And I really strive to create everything I possibly can to keep you metaphysically inspired throughout your day via a lot of on-the-go content. A lot of my content is made so you can consume it on the go because I know what it's like to not have time. (laughs) And that's one of the things about spirituality, right? Is that when you first dip your toe in, you know, you're faced with all of these quote uh, gurus, unquote, I guess, who profess that, you know, you need like a two-hour morning routine and you need to meditate on a mountaintop for seven hours or whatever. And that would all be beautiful if um, capitalism wasn't real. (laughs) And we didn't have to worry about going to work the next morning. But um, life's not really like that for most people. So I focus on creating like on-the-go content that is, I hope, um, transformational enough for you to be able to listen to and chew on the concepts and then be able to apply them in your life in a way that is doable for you. To me, that's what spirituality is about. It's about finding the practices that work for you. Like I always say, your brain, your body, your experiences, your lifestyle, your unique recipe 
for practices or rituals or chants or prayers or whatever the thing is, the recipe that works for you, you know, and and you have to start the process of trying to find that. Otherwise, you never will, you know, and that's for people who are interested in spirituality. Obviously, some people are not and that's totally okay. Just like I always say, some people just do the good old-fashioned goal setting or, you know, they have different methods of getting where they want to go. But if spirituality is, is something that you have an interest in, I do think it's really important to start the path of exploration as far as what practices are going to work for you because you're inevitably going to try a lot of things that just aren't going to work until you hit that one thing that works beautifully and then you try it again and it works beautifully again and then you try it again and it works beautifully again and you're like oh is this all in my mind or is this what's happening here um so it's my hope and prayer that you find that and that I can help you just a little bit with that on your journey so please check out our patreon community and uh come join us you can start at just the five dollar level if you want and you can cancel anytime I'm never sore about it (laughs) Um, so come come meet us there. Today I wanted to talk about God. That's a doozy, right? Concept of God and humanity. And how, if we're going to suspend disbelief for a second and say that some some kind of God force, God-like force is real, then how much, how many droplets of divinity did we get as humans, if any? Are we also in our own right divine? Are we also in our own right sacred? And this is going to be less about, I'm not going to be cycling through the different, you know, theories of each religion. This is going to be more of a a metaphysical question, I guess you could say. How sacred are we? Are we sacred? And even if we're not sacred, what would it do? What effect would it have on our lives if we acted as if we were? So... At first, I started with a definition, as I always do. I was like, well, you know what? Let's let's look up the definition of divinity. What is divinity? Who, who possesses divinity? What determines who possesses divinity? And basically, divinity just says, you know, uh, someone who is divine, a god or a goddess. That's it. So then I was like, okay, let's go further. What defines a god? What, what makes something a god? And many of the definitions, and here's one from Merriam-Webster, defines it as a spirit or being that has great power, strength, or knowledge, and that can affect nature and the lives of people. Also, one of various spirits or beings worshipped in some religions. And I've looked through a couple of different definitions, and obviously it can get kind of muddy and messy because the definitions will have lists of definitions in different pantheons, you know, like who is God in the Christian sense or um, the the Egyptian sense or, or what have you. But one thing that sort of stands out in the definition of a god or goddess is the power of influence. Many of the definitions say a god or a goddess is someone who has an influence over nature or over the lives of others, the lives of people, or over their own domain or whatever. And... That got me thinking, like, that's really not that impressive of a definition. It's truly not. (laughs) When compared to the experience of humanity, humans have power over nature. We destroyed our planet. (laughs) 
So much so that now people are thinking of going to Mars. We have the power to influence people in our lives. We have influenced people in our lives. Whether you know it or not, or whether you like it or not, you have changed the lives of people around you. Even with just simple things that you've said. You've changed the lives of strangers through simple interactions and you'll never know because it was too weird or awkward for them to tell you. We have the power of influence over nature, over ourselves, over our domain, over our household, over our career, over the people around us, over the massive amounts of ripple effects that we have in the world. We have that kind of influence. And so if that is the definition of what makes someone divine is that power of creation, of, of putting something out into the world and having it have an effect, then humans fall into that category. Now, I realize what this sounds like. Stay with me. I realize that we're speaking in constructs here, right? Especially if we, especially if you're a listener that's like, I don't believe in divinity at all. We're kind of speaking from a place of what if and how could we use this to our advantage, if only as a, a template or a form of embodiment, right? So stay, stay with me. But using that definition as a guide, and asking ourselves if humans fit into that category, which I would argue that yes, they do. Is it as glamorous as the myths? Do we come shooting down from the skies on lightning bolts? No, not exactly. However, we do still have the power of many different powers of influence in many different ways. We just overlook them because it seems so normal to us. It seems so normal that we have a voice that we can use to speak and through that voice, we can change people's opinions and we can change the way they feel. We can alchemize the way another human feels. How many times have you had a family member or a friend come to you in tears or coming to you feeling terrible? And an hour later, you use the power of your voice and your emotions and your empathy and they walked away feeling a thousand times better. You alchemize the emotions of that person. You change their mental state from one state to the other. We just don't see this as incredible because it's a part of our everyday lives. But humans are creators. We do nothing but create all day long. We create feelings, we create emotions, and then those emotions ripple out and affect other people. We create words, we create things, we create books and poetry and pottery and entire buildings and houses and picture frames and experiences and parties and plans. The list goes on and on. I, when I was 17 or I guess 17 or 18, one of my first jobs was as a cashier. And I remember being cashiering all day, you know, and, and thinking like, this is just the worst because this is the kind of job where it's like, I'm not, I'm not making anything. I'm not creating anything. I'm not, I'm, there's no effect that this is having on anything. And while I think that's a valid feeling that I wasn't really enjoying that job and I wanted to, you know, either move up or find a new job, which eventually I did, today I look back on that and I remember all of the times that I would spend all day, you know, chained to that register, person after person. But every time a person came through that line, I was creating an experience for them. And although I would see hundreds of people a day and I didn't remember any of their faces, there were countless times where people would come up to me and say that you've helped me several times before and you've always been so nice. Thank you for your help. 
And there was this one in particular where this man came through my line and he told me that on his son's birthday that he was looking for a specific remote control shark. It was during Shark Week. And Animal Planet, I don't know if they still make them, Animal Planet used to make these remote control sharks. Uh, And during Shark Week, we would always sell out. (laughs) And I guess it was this boy's birthday. Uh, And he told me that when he asked if we had any, that I said we didn't, but that I was going to check the back. And I apparently spent 20 minutes in the back digging and I found one. I found one unit and I brought it out. And he said that it made his son's birthday and that it made that day so special because that's all that he wanted. And I'm looking at this guy and I really have no memory of doing that because I see so many people a day and I I do so many things. But I think that's proof of the creation. You know, I created that moment. And who knows, that might be a core memory for that kid. And I also created terrible moments as a cashier. There were moments where I was in a bad mood and I probably made someone feel terrible. (laughs) I created bad things. I created good things. I created neutral things. I created memories and experiences that people are going to carry with them for a really long time because that's what humans do. We create. We spend all day creating. We have a massive power of influence over a lot. I'm not going to say everything because as I always say, there's the mysterious force of chaos in this world and we get hit with the chaos stick pretty frequently and there's a lot that we cannot control. But we also do have a lot of power. We just don't regard it as power because it's so normal to us. But what other species can do that? What other species can create experiences through words? What other species can start with cement and brick and then build an entire house? What other species can build a plane and fly across oceans even though they were born without wings? We were born without wings, and yet the option of flight is available to us. The nature of our reality is truly divine. It really... When you think about it objectively, it really and truly is. It's just that we're looking at, we look at our lives through these very bored eyes because we're so used, we're used to all of it. But when you take a step back and you really think of the influence we have and what we're capable of, you start to see that maybe there is a little drop of magic in us. I think a big theme that we think of when we think of deity or divinity or even, I mean, creatures of myth or even superheroes, right? Or or witches or magicians or or sages or whatever. Any kind of magical figure, when we sort of bring that to mind, we think of the power to change conditions. That something is one way and that they don't like it and that they can change it into whatever they do like. They can mold it. They can sculpt it. And the truth is, is that we can do that. It's just not as quick as the Hollywood version of it. But all day, every day, we are slowly sculpting and molding our lives with every word, every behavior. Words are so powerful. Movements are so powerful. Actions are so powerful. Every little thing we do has an effect. And when you take that moment to stop and really pinpoint all the effects that it has, It's almost, it's mind-boggling and 
truly awe-inspiring. I think that's the word. And I, I don't know that we look at our lives in awe ever or enough. So let's take this to the other side, right? In a lot of creation stories, creation theories, and even more like modern and new age kind of talk and interpretations, what is the prominent theory on why gods or goddesses or god forces across countries and religions created humans? Why are we here, right? If, if there are god or gods or whatever, plural, if there's all of these magical, beautiful forces and they can do whatever they want and they can have whatever they want, then why would they create, create us? We suck, right? <laughs> Again, look at what we did to the earth. <laughs> Why? Why why would they create us? Why would they put us here? Especially if these are all-knowing gods that, you know, would, I assume, would be prophetic and would know that we would probably cause our own end, which I hate to be pessimistic, but I really do think that we're going to cause our own end. Uh, why? why? Why make humans? Why make us at all? What's the point? And I think a large overarching theme that a lot of people come back to and is also present in some creation stories is that God or gods or whoever wanted to create humans as a way for God to sort of experience itself, as a way of expression that we, just living our lives and doing what we do, are the expression of divinity experiencing itself. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hang on tight there. <laughs> but we're funneling divinity through ourselves, basically. We are the expression of divinity experiencing itself through the human experience. Because guess what? The human experience is where it's at. There are tons of stories and myths of powerful beings and, and, you know, witches and gods and superheroes or whatever. And it's this odd thing where a lot of those stories, they kind of end with the gods wanting to just be human, just wanting a normal life, just wanting the human experience. And I think that's because the human experience is what has meaning. The human experience has meaning because there's an end date to it. We all have an expiration and we know that. And that gives everything we do so much meaning. We don't have all eternity to just waste. <laughs> we have things we want to do and things we want to experience. And I think often we forget that the human experience is a precious, precious gift to have a body on this earth and to be able to experience the things that we experience, let's suspend disbelief again for a moment and let's theorize and say that when we die, our consciousness goes on. This is, an, this is something I talked about in a Patreon-only episode called What Are Ghosts, where um, I tried to theorize on, you know, what ghosts are and the afterlife and all that stuff. Obviously, never really picking a route or a side, just, just theorizing. But I think in that episode, I talked about how there's not like, as far as I know, as the latest studies that I've read, there's not a specific part of the brain that can be pointed to where someone can say, this is where consciousness lives. Consciousness, it arises from the brain 
and sort of, I guess you can say the, I'm not a scientist, but I would describe it maybe as like the, the synergy, I guess, between different parts of the brain working together and the electricity. But there's not a specific place that you can point at and say, this is where consciousness lives. We have other places in the brain that we can point to for decision making and for memory and for all of these other things, but not for consciousness itself. And this is the question that has boggled humans forever, right? Is that when I die, where does my consciousness go? Does it die with me or with my body? Is it biologically a part of my body? Is my consciousness biologically a part of my body? And if it is not, then does that mean that when my body dies, my consciousness goes on? So let's take that as a theory here for just, just a sec. That you've died, your body has died, the vehicle that you've used for so long has withered away <laughs> and is dead. But your consciousness is now disembodied. You're still you. You still have this consciousness, this awareness. You just no longer have a body to be able to experience what it is to be a human. You can't talk because you have no voice. You can't taste because you have no tongue. You can't really even hear because you have no ears. That thought, I'm not saying that it's true, but I'm saying that thought puts it into perspective how precious every single moment is. Imagine yourself floating around disembodied consciousness and all you could ever wish for is just to feel your muscles when you exercise or taste the coffee running down your throat in the morning or feel the touch of someone's arm or feel the breeze on your face on a cool day. All you want in the world is to be able to experience those things. But you can't because you're gone. You don't have this body anymore. You don't have this experience. You're not human any longer. And I think that the beauty of the human experience is that. It's every little micro experience of every little moment. And so if we look into the theory of God, if God exists, then perhaps God is funneling itself through us so that it can experience the wonders of what it is to be human. Because humanity is where it's at. Humanity is the winner. Being a human is actually kind of awesome. And yeah, there's a million terrible things that can go wrong in your lifetime and we go through tragedy and we go through terrible things. And those things also become this interwoven part of us. Our life becomes this beautiful tapestry of happiness and, and, and sadness and grief and honesty and vulnerability and lies and treachery. <laughs> and every possible thing that you can imagine is woven into this intricate weave that is your life. And that's where it is. Not being some great divinity where everything goes right all the time because you have the power to make things right all the time. It's this human experience where you, you do have power over yourself and your life in certain ways, but there's also this balance where it's unpredictable. We all know that we're going to die one day, and yet every morning we put on our shoes and we put on our clothes and we get dressed for work each morning, and 
we're incredibly brave. How brave are we that we know that we are basically these mortal sacks of flesh and we're so breakable. We're so fragile. One fall from a high place and we're gone. One smush and, and we break our fingers. We're so breakable and so fragile. And yet we go about the world every day knowing that death is coming for us at some point, yet we continue to seize the day. So I guess this is to say that my theory is that there is something bigger than us that we can't comprehend or understand. As I've said many times, the reason why the possibility department is an extension of me and who I am is because I do have this belief that there's something bigger that I can't possibly wrap my head around and that it puts itself into a different container for me every day. Some days I think it's universal consciousness. Some days I think that some form of deity may exist. Some days I think that the dead walk the earth. Some days I think that that's a load of baloney. It takes a different form for me every single day, but I do have this fundamental belief that there is something bigger than us that we don't understand. And I do think that the lesson, quote unquote, is to seize the human experience because it's, it's happening right here and right now in this moment. The lesson is to stop focusing so much on the future and all of the things that may or may not happen in the future and instead to realize the beauty of what is happening right here. Because this exact moment under these exact conditions, it's never going to happen again. You're listening to this podcast in a very specific place at a very specific time and you came to this, this podcast with very specific emotions in your head. You've been thinking of very specific things. It's a very specific set of conditions where you are with the temperature, the sounds that you're hearing, what you're feeling on your skin. All of this plays in, all of it, all of it, all of it wraps into millions of conditions all at once wrapped into this one tiny little micro moment. And it will never, ever, 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 ever happen again. So I guess the useful question to ask yourself is, what if I was a divine being that was here on earth playing human just for funsies? How would that feel? How would I interpret this moment? What would I pay attention to? What if my purpose was to come here to this earth to play this human life so that I could just experience what it's like to be a human? How fun is it that I get to be here and I get to experience this? How fun that I get to roll down the car windows and feel that wind and watch that sunset? I think this also plays into what I talked about last podcast, which is, uh, I think I called it mental reframing. I think it actually has a psychological term, and I believe it's cognitive reframing. Although I don't know that that falls under the category that I usually use it for, which is like uh, spirituality and, and so forth, but I'm pretty sure it's called cognitive reframing. And this, this is part of that, right? To ask yourself this question, I guess it does fall under reframing. You can either take it as belief and say like, yes, there's something out there, there's a God out there, and I have a little droplet of divinity in me. And so I'm going to play into that and go about the world as if I have that droplet of divinity in me. Or you could just pose it as a question in order to help yourself to experience life more fully. I remember when, uh, like two years ago now maybe, 
I wrote a bunch of poetry for an oracle deck uh, that never really went anywhere. I might try to see if I can possibly, I don't know, maybe get it published this year. We'll, we'll see how that goes for me. Wish me luck. Um, but one of the, the poems that I wrote was, it went like this. It was, we are gods wrapped in human form, playing lives because we all got bored. It was a very short poem. But it, it, it's this sense and this feeling of if we were eternal and had all the power in the world and could do whatever we wanted, we would likely still want to come here and be human. And here we are. We're human and we're living our lives. But many, many times we're just going through the motions and trying to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible without noticing all the beautiful little sensory details along the way and what a gift those are. I think reflecting on mortality is what makes life seem, or not makes life seem, is what reminds us that life is incredibly rich and juicy and magical and that we have to be present and seize this moment now. Um, the Stoic philosopher Epictetus, there's a famous quote by him, and it says, When giving your child or wife a kiss, repeat to yourself, I am kissing a mortal. And I think that's so powerful. So, so, so powerful. That every time you clutch your child's hand, or every time you kiss a loved one, or hug them, and you feel their skin on yours, to know that that's mortal flesh, and one day it will be gone, and that this moment right now is fleeting, it's precious, it is a beautiful jewel, and you need to be taking mental photographs and searing it into your brain, because every day is a gift, because we have mortality. And that's what gives life meaning. So I guess if it was between humanity or divinity and we lived in a world where we could choose, I think most of us would choose humanity. Humanity as it stands for us right now, in my opinion, and my theory, which is we are humans with some droplets of divinity inside us. We just have to remember. On that note, I'm going to leave you there. Uh, this one was super metaphysically woo, going off the <laughs> going off the rails there. I hope you stayed with me. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of the possibility department. Thank you for your support. Every day, I thank my lucky stars for you, and stay mysterious. <laughs>